Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. This is podcast number two and from my Mostly True Stories series. And yes, these are all my personal stories. My life is unusual for sure. Just so you can understand the premise, they are as true as I can tell them, knowing that over time we start to recall the telling of the stories rather than the actual events themselves, skewing the original story a little each time we share it. Therefore, all stories are imperfect, but that doesn't mean we can't learn from them. I hope you didn't miss the first podcast. It was what my granddad would call a wing dinger. We all have stories. The difference between yours and mine is that it usually requires a little whiskey to pull mine out. And this one took a little more pulling than all the others. After a half century of living, stumbling and reflecting, I have concluded that we have three things we truly own and nothing else. Those three things are our thoughts, our choices, and our right to die. To end it all if we choose. This is my life and I can do with it what I wish. Everything else is bullshit and stuck here, never leaving. By the end of this true story, you might agree with me more than you expect to. I have no agenda. I don't want to convert you to Jesus or any belief, and I don't have all the answers to all the weirdness that tends to happen in my life. I'm just telling you what happened as best I can, and I'm open to your opinions on it. I think most of us have probably considered suicide at some point. If it has ever crossed your mind, you might relate to this story more than you want to. All I can say from my personal experience is that once you attempt it, if you fail and live through it, the option of doing it is always close by, like a simple solution to a frustrating problem. A curse. Suicide in my family tree is about as common as the flu. I think we Lipscombs off ourselves rather quickly when life goes sideways. Back in 1978, 40 years ago, when I just graduated from high school, I was infected with a I quit virus. Little did I know there was an invisible intelligence that, for some reason, sliced its way through time and space to change my choice. And I've never shook the experience. I was 17 and had zero direction. I was engaged to marry a pretty girl that was a bit unstable, even more than me, if that is possible. As a side note, she committed suicide about a decade ago. 
I uh, had a scholarship to play football, but my girlfriend wanted to get married. So I was torn about my future, kind of stuck like a deer in headlights, too dumb to run. I even went to grab an offshore oil rig job in the Gulf of Mexico, but since I hadn't turned 18 yet, they rejected me. Anyway, the love of my life left me for another guy. And in all the anguish, I wrecked my car into a tree at 45 miles an hour. Messed myself up pretty good. Fell into a coma for three days and lost my scholarship for not showing up for practice. Kinda made my choices for me. The tree was my first attempt, but if there's one thing about me, you should know. I really go after the things I want. I was required to see a shrink for my depression. That's what they called it, you know, depression. After they booted me out of the hospital. That lasted a whole three minutes. So I come to realize that all my friends were attending college, mostly out of town. I just felt like I had been left behind, no chance to escape. So I drank a whole lot of this and got into a hot rod my dad just bought me so he could avoid talking to me about being a loser. And I drove off. It was a maroon or burgundy, I guess. 69 Chevelle Supersport. Fast. But I sort of wish it was a little faster. Maybe you'll understand why at the very end of this mostly true story. It was maybe one o'clock in the morning, a Friday night in September. Hitting a tree two blocks from home was messy for everybody, so I decided to do the dirty deed away from home. Secluded enough to keep the rescue at bay long enough that if I had survived, I could at least bleed to death. It's, it sounds rather morbid now saying what I was thinking 40 years ago, but I was in a strange state of mind back then. I had the perfect spot to make it look like an accident. And, and I didn't even have life insurance. The two-lane highway that led to Newton, Kansas had this severe S-turn that I'd taken many times next to a tiny town called Potwin, Kansas. It had a speed limit of 45 miles an hour, but there was a straight stretch of road about two miles long before the turn, perfect to get my speed up. By the way, a week or so before I had taken this, action. I took that turn at 65 miles an hour and almost lost control as my tires slipped and squealed all the way through it. Now, 
I was no mathematician, but I calculated 130 was twice that and would do the, the job just fine. So I, I stopped the car about two miles away from the turn, rolled down my windows, unbuckled my seatbelt, removed the lid from the gas can that I sat beside me, and turned the music up real loud. It was Leonard Skinnerd, Freebird, Perfect. It didn't, didn't take long for me to reach 100. I turned off my lights, slammed the pedal all the way to the floor. The turn was coming up fast and the moonlight was good enough to see almost everything. I was committed. Knowing that I'd miss a turn, there was this river and a thick tree line about 50 yards beyond the turn. I was aiming for the river. It wouldn't be a problem. I thought, hell, the bastards might not find me for a month if I make it into the trees. <laughs> People that survive death often talk about time slowing down and white lights and tunnels and mating loved ones. The only thing I can vividly tell you is that time did slow down to a super slow motion and for me the noise of the engine and the wind all vanished it was completely silent and then there was a voice it was about an inch away from my right ear I swear, I felt the breath hit my ear as it spoke. It was an old voice with time and authority behind it. He said, what if? And in that moment, I saw and felt the future. I knew that someday in the future, I would be happy and married and a, a good dad with great children. And in that fraction of a moment, I wanted to survive more than anything I ever wanted before. But the roar of the engine returned. The turn was on top of me. Life was suddenly full speed again. I had no chance. The end was suffocating. But some force came into this world and my car took the entire turn like it was on rails. Not a single squeal from a tire. I just held on tight and witnessed the miracle at 130 miles an hour. I let up on the pedal and it took me over a mile to coast to a stop. I pulled over, turned the engine off, got out of the car and 
leaned up against his side and looked at the stars, bewildered until sunrise. I kept the story a secret most of my life. I shared it with my wife many years ago. I wish I could tell you that the event changed my life and I suddenly became a good man and, and all, but life doesn't seem to work that way, at least not for me. No. Fixing my life took another decade. Even now it seems somewhat imperfect. I think the perfect life is for television and bedtime stories with knights and dragons and tiny villages with scared peasants. In the real world, we have distractions, bills to pay, and temptations that can drive us straight into a ditch. You might be wondering about the voice. Was it God? Maybe. Was it my soul returning to a younger me to give a warning and another option? Maybe. But here's the one I have concluded is the answer. I believe I died. I believe my car flew a hundred feet in the air and then rolled a dozen times, stopping deep into the trees near the river with smoke and twisted metal, the tires still spinning, and only enough debris in a field a farmer would notice when he plowed his field a couple months later. See, I, I believe in the multiverse where an infinite number of possibilities reside. And I just went from the one where I committed suicide to the one where I live today. In other words, I'm not supposed to be here. Many of my stories confirm this very belief. I'm an anomaly, and maybe you are too. Maybe we are both here for another chance or maybe punishment or, or maybe to work out our issues. Not exactly sure on which, but there is this undeniable fact that nobody considers. The world is not without a sinister twist. What I mean is that we spend all our effort and time trying to acquire a house and cars, a career, a family, love, friendships, and experiences that make us happy. But the darkness inevitably and always swallows it up in the end. Because no matter what you believe about the afterlife, whether we lose consciousness and blink out forever, or go to heaven or maybe go to hell, we lose everything. We lose all that we acquire. The house, the joy, the people. We even lose the damn memories and the stories. All of it 
is taken away and means nothing in the end. That's why I drink. Maybe it was the devil that said what if to me that night. Maybe he has given me everything I wanted just to take it away and leave me in anguish forever. The S-turn is still there. So is the town of Potwin, the river and trees. I have gone by it many, many times over the past decade. I even stopped once and got out of my truck, almost crossing the road and looking in the brush, but I didn't. There's a part of me that worries I will find my Chevelle upside down, rusty, rotted, and covered with 40 years of overgrowth. But if you are ever near Potwin, Kansas, you'll drive the S-curve just before the small bridge. Maybe you could take a look for me and confirm what I believe deep down in my core. I'm not supposed to be here. I hope you like and share this podcast and leave me your thoughts. And I hope you join me again next week.